The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. Today is the first of a series of live holistic counseling consultations. So this is a little different than a regular guest interview or a solo episode that you might be used to. So on these episodes, I have a listener ask one big question they're needing help with, whether it's practice building, self-care, or anything else related to holistic counseling. I'm so excited to bring our guest today on. She was actually on my former podcast, Nothing Left to Give. Her name is Sabrina Vasquez. She is the owner of Compassionate Voice Counseling and Consulting in Greensboro, North Carolina. At Compassionate Voice, she utilizes trauma-sensitive mindfulness, self-compassion, cultivation, CBT, DBT, and narrative work to help professionals and adult students to recover from burnout and compassion fatigue. Welcome to this podcast, Sabrina. Thank you for having me again, Chris. Yeah. So tell us more about yourself and your work. Yeah. So I am a licensed clinical social worker associate, and I just started my own practice, as you said, in Greensboro, very convenient to UNCG. And I work with individuals who are adult professionals and often college students. And these are usually individuals who have a tendency towards perfectionism, or maybe they have a condition that makes it difficult for them in work. I have a lot of individuals who are who have people pleasing behaviors and experiences with trauma and that make it difficult for them as long as depression and bipolar things like that uh, things that create barriers or create situations in which they experience burnout in their workplace also workplace bullying things like that and so I work with these individuals on basically creating lives for themselves that are more sustainable. Well, that sounds great. So what what got you interested in compassion fatigue and and burnout? Experiencing it myself. Ah, That's always the best teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 42 years old and I I can't do that cycle anymore. And I realized it late. I loved it. I hear that. Realized it earlier. Much harder to recover the older you get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is your big question? So my big question for you is how is holistic healing accomplished in an environment where it has become normalized to treat normal human suffering with medication? This is such an important question. I think everybody in the holistic counseling community needs to hear because I think the question you're asking is more from the medical model, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm wondering too, if your population, has this question come up or issues come up with your clients? 
Yeah, I do. I have some clients who experience an anxiety and they have, I'm thinking of one example of a person who has, I dare to use the word workaholism, has just always worked, 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 worked. And they're reaching an age like me where like they want to slow down, but they don't even know how to slow down. And of course, learning things like, oh, this is your way of coping with anxiety, but they don't want to use medication. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm running into these sorts of things. Yeah. So that, that makes it difficult. And I'm sure you found some people are the opposite too, or they let's fix it with this medication and, you know, move on quickly. And, and that can be a challenge as well. Right. Exactly. So I will have some clients where they're like, well, the medication's not working for me, but they're also not doing the other work that they need to be doing. Yes, exactly. And I think some of this goes back to psychoeducation. There's two parts. Well, first part is the myth, too, that as holistic providers that we don't talk about medication and never recommend it, which is not true. And it may surprise you that I do recommend some people, not everyone, only if it's medically necessary for them to get on medication. If, if I find in my evaluation that, wow, they're really struggling, then I really have to look at what are some other avenues. And just to give an example, this past week, I saw a client, I've been seeing a lot more severe people with really severe, severe depression. Like she couldn't even think straight and was unable to fill out all my forms. It's just some of the stuff she wrote didn't make sense. And I was trying to figure out what is going on with this person. Then I realized, wait a second, so she's severely depressed. So she's not able to, con- her inability to concentrate is really coming through and focus and comprehend. And she was having suicidal ideation. So when somebody is that severe, I'm going to talk to them about, hey, you might want to consider this. Is this something you're open to? You know, always considering what they want to do with their treatment and kind of going from there. So I believe medication can be helpful as part of a holistic treatment regimen. Because again, some of the holistic strategies we might talk about even in this podcast. Think of them as more complementary. It's not necessarily that we're going to go to essential oils as the primary treatment. It's going to be part of the greater package, something to add in addition to other things. And I don't refer everybody, like I said, to me- for medication, but it is, it is a hard shift in this country, isn't it, to move from the medical model to being more open-minded about other holistic remedies and what can be out there. So, I mean, have you given thought to that some of the holistic strategies are more complementary than the first course of action for treatment? I think my go my go to is usually like trauma sensitive mindfulness. Okay, okay. Um, and that's that that's my big go. That's your big go to. Okay, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, that can be totally part of a treatment regimen too and and looking at and I also say in the first session that as far as the psycho ed part that you know I'm going to look at all the holistic parts of you for treatment looking at you know what are you eating what are your eating habits how often are you eating are you drinking water are you drinking soda those things that some people don't think about that affect energy mood Overall mental health, exercise is a big one I talk to clients about, especially with depression, looking at spiritual practices. So thinking about it in combination, all of those things together, if they're already on medication, because one of the things ethically, too, we don't want to say is get off your medication because that's harmful and we're supposed to do no harm as part of our ethical practice. And you always want to, if they want to make changes in medication, you don't want to say anything either because that can be dangerous and make you liable. I always say, 
you need to talk to your psychiatrist or doctor about that if they want to change medication. If they think by going to a holistic provider, oh, I'm good now. So I can just, you know, get off this medication because I'm seeing you. That is not your decision. <laughs> that is, because yeah. we're not licensed professionals. So you got to walk that thin line with that. Okay, let's be really cautious. And any medication specific questions about, ooh, should I go up in my dose? You need to talk to your doctor about that. So that's your that's your answer for any of those specific questions with that. But I think it is so important, though, to to be open minded. I think as holistic providers, we are open minded that you don't want to eliminate medication totally. Say, oh, I can never talk about it now. It's not in my vocabulary. Even if you're totally against it, what is in the best interest of this client? Mm-hmm. To to ask yourself that. Yeah. And so what do you do when the psychiatrist that a client is seeing, like you disagree with that psychiatrist's decision? Oh, that's tough. (laughs) Well, I like to get, what do you call it, release of information and talk to the psychiatrist as well for the clients that are on medication. So we can be on the same page and try to get their input. And of course, we can't change their mind about therapy, but hopefully they'll talk to you. Because again, there are some that won't. That gives you a message right there, what they think of therapy. But I like to just be on the same page with them and let them know what I'm doing, what kind of treatment modalities I'm doing so so they understand and and that we can build some kind of collaboration and partnership to help this client the best way that we can, you know. Does that make sense to you to, to be able to reach out to them and... Yeah, to do to to engage in that coordination of care definitely makes a lot of sense. And I'm just thinking, so what do you do in the situation where the psychiatrist is not engaging with you and you have things to say about the client and maybe they're not calling you back and right. mm-hmm. their, their coordination of care game is not on par? That's difficult because I don't know that we can do much. Maybe somebody else has an answer <laughs> for that. I don't know because uh, I've had that. It's like, okay, well, I can reach out and do my best. But again, I think talking to them, your other question too about if they're, if the, you don't like what the psychiatrist is saying, is that coming from the client? Because sometimes they may get misinformation or misinterpret what the psychiatrist is saying. Hmm. Yeah, and that's why you want to be able to talk to them so you can figure that yes, thing out. to figure out. Majority yeah. of them will. I will give credit where credit is okay. due. But but sometimes I've had a few that just for whatever reason, they have too much going on. They don't get back to you. But So just to clarify those questions with them too, because you don't know if the client has it all straight that, oh, my psychiatrist told me this. They may be, the client could be manipulating you in some way. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about what on our level, a master's level, I think your master's level too, a master's level clinician, what is appropriate psychoeducation for our client in regards to medication? That's, that starts in the first session. And what I do is, is talk about, especially people that are new to therapy, I think you have to go a little step further. And of course, it's more work on our part, but I, it's so essential that we do that because they don't know. They don't know what to expect and they're uncertain. They don't even know what questions to ask. They don't know what they don't know about the whole process. They may know what they've seen on TV, which may give like Sopranos, you know, they may <laughs> think that counseling's like that and have some wrong ideas or, you know, things that aren't true. So I usually start by saying too that, Sometimes for some people, they might need medication and I'll talk to you about that and see if that's an option for you. 
because not everybody wants medication. I totally get it. I would never push it on someone, but I, I would just kind of, how do you feel about it? Usually how I ask, what do you think about medication? Is that something you've considered? Just to kind of feel my way with them if I, if I feel like they might need some. But most people have an idea by the time they reach out to us. If they haven't already gone to a primary care or psychiatrist, they have some idea. But then I do talk about sometimes if you do need medication, the best course of treatment research shows is if you have medication and therapy for the best outcomes. And to keep that in mind that some people will start medication and stop therapy thinking, oh, well, I'm good now. I'm, I got my medication. But that's only part of it. And I think that's what you're asking too is some people will say, oh, I don't need to do therapy. I just want the pill to fix me. A quick fix in our society, right? <laughs> Which unfortunately gives the wrong message too because this is you know something that can take some time and, and process and that's why I ask people how old they are because there could be decades of thought patterns that are getting in their way that are causing problems right so they do need to consider that this is going to take some time and effort on their part and I will say to them too I need your help so when you are going through therapy, I'm going to ask you to do some client homework and what is homework involvement. And I try to give examples too, because some people aren't really sure what that means. That might cause more anxiety in the anxious clients and just let them know it could be a breathing exercise, could be a mindfulness practice, just something small to start adding to your everyday life. And the more that you put into that, the more you're going to get out of it. So if you choose not to do that, you know, that's that's okay too. There's no grades. I tell them that too. You won't get an F because <laughs> it brings back, sometimes you say homework too. I know people get rem reminded of school and, you know, getting bad grades. And so if you don't do it, we'll talk about it. If you do it, we'll talk about it. So just looking at it as a no judgment zone and, and but this is what's going to help you get better and be able to work through things. And just letting them know that it could, medication could be a part of it. Doesn't mean it has to be. And let them know what does what holistic treatment mean? Just going into more details of that. And this is, I always say, this is your time to talk about whatever's on your mind and go through the confidentiality and let them know that, you know, I want things to be open. If there's something you have questions of, this is totally fine to ask your therapist questions about things you're uncertain of about the process. Just opening that door for new clients too. So they have a better idea. Does that answer your question? Kind of. I mean, I'm really thinking about the idea yeah. of psychoeducation in regards to symptoms and in regards to side effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as our, our, where are limitations on providing that psychoeducation? So symptoms of like depression or something specific uh, disorder? Yeah, as it might relate to medication. So I'll give you for an example, a client who started taking ADHD medication and you notice is depressed and realize that maybe it's the ADHD medicine, medicine which is kind of, you know, it's notorious for making people feel kind of zombified. Yes. And maybe mm. that's contributing to them having those feelings and then where is your limitation on what you're oh i see is it to say i noticed that this is happening it could be your medication could be right so you don't want to give definitive to say yeah your, your adhd medicine is causing this because we don't know and we're not mm -hmm. the 
prescriber. So this is something that you should talk to your doctor about because I'm not sure, but this is from what you're telling me and what I'm seeing. And and you can share too to say, hey, this was a potential side effect. Everybody, you know, general public can look up potential side effects. So we can say that too, that this could be a potential side effect, just like with the black box, right? For young adults with some of the depression medications with suicidal thoughts. You know, this that's always a warning that they could have more suicidal ideation. And if that happens, I've, I had a client that happened to a 17 year old that started to get a lot more suicidal thoughts after taking medication. So I talked to the parent, talked to the child about that and said this could be potentially from potentially from the medication. So, let, you know, you need to talk to your doctor and get in as soon as possible. And so just just saying, be careful with the language around it. Mm hmm. You know, because we don't know. We can't give definitive answers. But, you know, you never want to say it's definitely because how do you know that? And it could be other factors. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Have you ever had a client who's just absolutely terrified to take a medication? Like they're having panic attacks because I had this where they're having a panic attack and they, they go and they get prescribed medication. They take their medication and they're, they're like, oh, my God, this medication is going to kill me. So they're like literally feeling phobic of taking a medication. I've not had that, but I would think that you'd have to go through some therapy too to work through some of that and maybe do some successive approximations to really break that down into small steps and doing some relaxation and be able to work through that before the medication. Because with anxiety too, I always start with, we got to calm the body before we get to any thought processes or anything else. We need to do some breathing. We do some mindfulness, grounding, whatever it takes to to calm the body and mind and before we move on to anything else. And and some people too, if it's not severe depression, you know, maybe they're on that borderline of, oh, I'm so bad right now, but I'm not sure I can handle it much longer. But if we're able to work through it in therapy, some people want to do that first as another option, mm -hmm. you know. And maybe that highly anxious person, maybe medication isn't right for them right this second. And that you can try some other and just give them that option. Well, maybe that's not right for you right now, but we can go ahead and just try to work on some holistic strategies and do like your trauma sensitive mindfulness to work on that first and see how that goes. Yeah, and use that experience as a way yes. to have them roll out whether or not they are rule in, whether or not they think medication is actually appropriate for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So does Thanks. does all that answer your, I, I feel like I've talked a lot <laughs> with <laughs> the answers. That's like I lose. I was like, wait, did I answer all the questions? <laughs> yes, you did. I really okay. appreciate the overview on just how a holistic practitioner looks at medication yes. okay I, I mean that's how I do I don't know if I'll do but you know yeah. in general I think just keeping we got to be open-minded about all of this too yeah that makes a lot of sense being open-minded about medication being helpful for a client even though you're not going off of the medical model necessarily yourself yeah yeah true so yeah. what do you think you want to take away anything else from our talk today Sabrina yeah, I think I want to take away really addressing medication in the beginning of my time with a client more thoroughly. Instead of just asking, are you on something and taking that down, really saying, are you on something? And then if you are, like just really talking about it with the client or okay. if they're not 
about it with the client in more detail. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and also, I think that's also a great time to explore some of the things like that you said, like water. I also explore sunshine. and That's true too. Those are two really big ones. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I think so that might be a good episode we could do on assessment with a uh, holistic counseling, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Well, thanks for coming on today for this. I know this is a little different than the regular kind of guest interview. Yeah, I loved putting you in the hot seat this time. <laughs> course. <laughs> All right, awesome. But I want to thank everyone for listening today. And how did you like the live consultation interview setup? A little bit different. Shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you at chris at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't done that yet. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. If you're loving the show, will you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We just started this and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.